Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Geek This, the pop culture podcast with minimal nerd rage. Welcome to Geek This. My name is Dave Clements, and if you can't tell by the title of this podcast, it is dedicated to geek pop culture. I am your host and also the producer of the show, so I make sure that new episodes come out every Wednesday just for you. And if you're new or you've been listening for a while and you haven't subscribed, you can do that by heading over to geekthispodcast.com, choosing one of the options on the homepage, and just pick whatever's right for you. If you want to try and support the show, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can pick up a shirt by going to geekthispodcast.com slash shirts, or you can simply download the Brave browser and Brave will donate $5 to the podcast. It's pretty cool. Check it out. Go to geekthispodcast.com slash Brave. All of this stuff will be in the show notes and on the website. In the last two episodes, I have been sharing pieces of lore surrounding Avengers Infinity War, which is the culmination of 10 years and 18 films within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today is the third and final part of my Road to Infinity War series, and I'm going to dig into the history of the Mad Titan, Thanos. of Iron Man number 55 from February 1973. And while that is true, it isn't really the full story. During a psychology class, Jim Starlin, who was just getting into the world of comics at the time, developed the character. He said, so I came up to Marvel's editor, Roy Thomas. He asked me if I wanted to do an issue of Iron Man, and I felt that this may be my only chance ever to do a character, not having the confidence that my career was going to last anything longer than a few weeks. So I jammed Thanos into it. Thanos was a much thinner character, and Roy suggested beefing him up, so he's beefed up quite a bit from his original sketches. And later on, I liked beefing him up so much that he continued to grow in size. It's unsurprising to many comic readers familiar with Thanos, but Starlin admits he was influenced by Jack Kirby's New Gods. Jack Kirby is a Marvel master creator, if you're not familiar with him, which you should be if you're into comics. Now, although Thanos looks similar to DC's Dark Side now, he originally was more slimmed down and looked more like a New God 
by the name of Metron. Roy Thomas, though, pushed the envelope after seeing an early iteration of Thanos sitting in a chair, and he said, beef him up. If you're going to steal one of the new gods, at least rip off Darkseid. He's the really good one. Once the character debuted in Iron Man number 55, he kept reappearing on and off in cosmic books like Captain Marvel and ended up showing up in an issue of Daredevil and an issue of The Avengers in 1974. After his small spot in the Death of Captain America graphic novel in 1982, he disappeared, but he was brought back in February 1990 when he returned in a big way beginning with Silver Surfer Volume 3, number 34, which you'll know from the last two episodes is where the Infinity Gauntlet made its debut. The early 1990s were very good to Thanos, and he made appearances in multiple books, including a few where he took center stage and made a name for himself, like Thanos Quest, Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, and Infinity Crusade. While he maintained a steady showing throughout the Marvel Universe, it seemed that something was missing from the character, and that was backstory. In 2013, he finally received an origin story written by Jason Aaron and Simone Bianchi. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. I'm sorry that I butchered it. That book, though, was called Thanos Rising. I don't want to recap the entire story here. You definitely need to read it for yourself if you're interested in learning more about him. I will do you a favor. Pull back the curtain just a little bit and explain why he is the way he is. He was born on Saturn's biggest moon, Titan, and he is the son of two Eternals, Mentor, whose real name is Alars, and Susan, um, that is S-U-I hyphen S-A-N. You know, Marvel's trying to be fancy here. Now, if you look at these two characters, you would automatically wonder how two beings that looked very human could produce this big purple guy? Well, the answer is simple and it's complex. It's complex because there's more backstory to it, but I didn't dig into it. It's simple because here's the reason. He was born with the deviance gene, which essentially made him a mutant eternal. So because of this, uh, he was viewed as very different as you would expect because you have all of these human looking People, and then here's this purple looking guy and some looked at him as deformed some made fun of him it was actually pretty terrible when he was freshly born because it actually drove his own mother crazy and she attempted to kill him within minutes of being born now this seems like an obvious reason for someone to become one of the most notorious characters in comics but believe it or not, when he was younger, he was a pacifist and didn't want anything to do with murder. As he grew up, he struggled with the idea of love and what it was. So he went on this search and he ended up finding death. He met her and in doing so, he killed his own mother who could actually see the evil inside of him. He grew up and he became a space pirate and Thanos fell madly in love with death and vowed to do whatever she asked in order for her to become his alone. Well, in return and for proof that Thanos was hers alone, she made him kill all of the children he had sired across the galaxy as well as their mothers. Obviously, this turned into a bunch of genocide across planets. So the story is really, really sad. His lineage as an Eternal, the Deviant Gene, 
his relationship with death, his super genius and knowledge of strategy makes Thanos one of the most intimidating and powerful villains within the Marvel Universe. Now, he has superhuman strength. He can control a large amount of energy, um, cosmic energy, and he's telekinetic and telepathic and can manipulate matter. All of this stuff is pretty cool, but these are all bionic upgrades that he did himself to make himself so much stronger. Also, he was trained for war. Now, Thanos Rising doesn't show that he was trained for war, but in other accounts, he was. So, to wrap things up, I know that was very brief, that was pretty quick, but there's not a lot to Thanos. There's some really great stories, though, and I wanted to make sure that you had some fun facts to end the episode on. So, here we go. Thanos is the father of Gomorrah and Nebula, which I'm sure you know, but the relationship is, of course, not something that you would want to brag about with your friends. He is always setting them up to kill each other, even though they never actually do. Uh, it's a dark and disturbing relationship that the MCU touched on briefly in Guardians Volume 2 and might very well bring up in Infinity War or Avengers 4. There are rumors going around that Nebula has a lot to do with defeating Thanos in the end. We will see. In 1996, during the Amalgam comics, where... DC and Marvel crossed over and merged some of their most popular characters together. Thanos merged with Darkseid to create a character with a really BA name, Thanoside. That was pretty cool. In the Ultimate Universe, Thanos was actually the father of Ronan the Accuser, and I kind of wonder could that possibly be something brought up in the MCU? Don't know. Who knows? I mean, he's sired, you know, he had a ton of kids across the galaxy. He doesn't even know how many he had. The on-screen version of Thanos has actually been portrayed by three different people. In Avengers, he's played by Damien Poitier, and that is the iconic scene where he turns to the camera and grins. In Guardians Volume 1, Sean Gunn, who was the stand-in for Rocket also did the stand-in for all of Thanos' scenes. And, of course, Josh Brolin did all of the motion capture and the acting for the character beginning in Avengers Age of Ultron. Finally, a little comic book reference here. In Marvel Zombies 2, a zombified Thanos gets killed by the Hulk, and the whole fight between the two of them was food. So, it's hard to say what the MCU's version of the Mad Titan will pull from his history, and I have a feeling, given the MCU's recent crafting of villains like Hela and Killmonger, we're going to see a more personal side of the character. So, that is it for this episode of Geek This. I know these episodes have been a little shorter than usual. Maybe you enjoy that. If you want to know more about these characters, please do some digging yourself. Maybe you can throw some facts at me that I didn't find, and, uh, you know, we can talk about it. So, that is it for this episode of Geek This, and it is the end of my Road to Infinity War series. And when I started planning it, I was going to do what a lot of other podcasts in the comic and geek genre were doing, and I was going to run through all 18 of the MCU's movies, which, granted, would have made really good podcast fodder, but everybody was doing it, and I didn't feel like I had anything new to bring 
to that space. So instead, I decided to dive into the source material and give you some facts about all three of the subjects I talked about, the Infinity Gauntlet, the gems, and Thanos. And hopefully you learned something you didn't know before. Hopefully it gives you kind of a, a fresh look when you go to see Avengers Infinity War in theaters this coming week. Speaking of Infinity War, next week is going to be my review. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I think anybody who is interested in the MCU is very excited about it, of course. And uh, I'm, I'm more excited about it because it actually comes out on my birthday. So that's, that's really special. It's kind of like this huge birthday present I didn't know I've been getting for 10 years. Uh, anyway, I do want to let you guys know, as I wind down here, that I am going to be taking a short hiatus through the month of May to do some planning for Geek This. Uh, I do know there are going to be some big movies coming out. We're looking at Deadpool 2 and Solo. And as much as I don't want to miss covering them in a timely manner, I'm actually going to I'm going to hold off on talking about them. Really focus on some behind the scenes work, and hopefully make the podcast better going forward. Speaking of Deadpool 2, I'm going to be recording an episode in June with the guys over at Real World Theology. And I will make sure that I let you know when that episode is going to go live. And thank you so much for staying to the end of the podcast. It's kind of nice to throw these little notes out there. And hopefully you're still listening. You're not, you haven't wandered off. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. I told you how to do that at the beginning of the episode. And, uh, you know, go tell somebody about the podcast. If you could, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. I'll talk to you guys next week when I talk about Infinity War. Comes out on my birthday. Have I said that? I think I've said that. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.